Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. True North True Crime is now available on Patreon. You can now listen to exclusive bonus episodes, early release episodes, and ad free episodes by signing up at patreon.com slash TNTC pod. This podcast contains graphic content and may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. True North True Crime is produced on the territories of the Coast Salish people. It's on the top of our minds. Like it, it's, we probably think about it more than anybody else uh, outside of her family, right? So, and outside of her family and friends. So, it's, it's being worked on immensely, and we're just asking the public to to not forget about Shannon either, and to remember that she still hasn't been located. So, there was a search warrant that was executed on a unit in the Silver Sage Trailer Park. Um, police haven't charged anybody, and the investigation is ongoing. Missing persons cases don't go cold. They stay open so long as the person is missing. Just because the snow is on the ground now and it's not as up in the public eye as it was in the beginning, that the search hasn't stopped. So please keep your eyes open. Um, Kamloops RCMP continue to look for Shannon and we're asking the same of the public. At approximately 8.10 a.m. on Monday, November 1st, 2021, neighbors saw the 32-year-old woman approach her Jeep to go to work. On weekends, she loved outdoor adventures and off-roading, but during the week, she stuck to a predictable schedule. But what occurred on November 1st was anything but predictable or routine. At 8.30 that morning, Shannon was expected at work. She did not show up. This was completely out of character for her. Her family, friends, and community have spent the last year searching for her, and they are not stopping until they find her. Tonight, we present the disappearance of Shannon White, and you are listening to True North True Crime. everyone and welcome to True North True Crime. Thanks for joining us. We just wanted to give everyone a quick reminder that we are on Patreon. So if you're looking for more True North True Crime, go to patreon.com slash tntcpod to find out which subscription package works best for you. If you're new to True North True Crime, we are a two-person team building these episodes from start to finish with the goal of raising awareness for missing people and victims of violent crime. We primarily focus on cases that affect Canadians. 
We prioritize cases that come to us from family members or close contacts of cases. So if you need some help getting the word out about a case that affects you, please reach out at truenorthtruecrime at gmail.com. Okay, let's get into tonight's episode. So tonight we are talking about the November 2021 disappearance of 32-year-old Shannon White. Shannon was last seen in the city of Kamloops, British Columbia on November 1st, 2021. Despite the efforts of some of the world's best search and rescue teams, RCMP investigators, as well as a strong media presence, Shannon has not been found. At the time of her disappearance, Shannon is described as a 32-year-old woman, 5 foot 5 inches tall, 180 pounds, with blonde hair, green eyes, and fair skin. She has a Medusa lip piercing and several large arm tattoos. Anyone with information about Shannon's disappearance is asked to call Crime Stoppers or the Kamloops RCMP. We put this episode together using publicly available news articles and RCMP bulletins. This episode was also co-created through email with several family members and friends of Shannon who provided information for us. We are grateful to Shannon's community and the family spokesperson, Michelle Ridgers, for trusting us with this story. So this case takes place in Kamloops, British Columbia. Kamloops is a city in south-central British Columbia with a population of about 96,000 residents. The area is semi-arid and is considered to be a desert-type climate. The economy of Kamloops includes healthcare, tourism, education, transportation, and natural resource extraction. Like many cities and towns in British Columbia, Kamloops is struggling with the opioid crisis as well as crime and affordability issues. But overall, people who live in Kamloops, they love Kamloops. Shannon White was born on February 21st, 1989, and as stated, she has blonde hair, green eyes, and fair skin. She at times wears glasses, She has a Medusa lip piercing, a tongue piercing, and several tattoos. In fact, Shannon is known for her distinctive tattoos, which all have significance. One is of her mother, who meant the world to her. Another is Laugh Always for her dad, with the G and W scripted for her dad's initial, and the third tattoo is of her dog, Buddy. You'll find many posts and captions on her Instagram page about Buddy. One caption says, it's just you and me, kid. I don't know what I would do without this guy. He's been by my side through thick and thin over the past 10 and a half years, and I'm so thankful for him. Alongside a beautiful picture of Shannon and Buddy. Shannon is the daughter of Gerald and Lori White. She has an older brother, Adam, and a younger brother, Griffin. As a child, Shannon was a shy, affectionate, and extremely clever kid. She was curious, determined, loved to learn new things, and had a special place in her heart for all animals. Shannon could be quiet and reserved when meeting new people, but everyone loved to be around her and she made friends wherever she went. She always had a zest for life, was quick to laugh, and would go the extra mile for those she loved the most. Shannon originally grew up in Stony Creek, Ontario. Her best friend Susie shared that Shannon was an A student, an excellent speller, and excelled at whatever she put her mind to. She even taught herself to play drums. Shannon was extremely compassionate and loved to make people happy. In fact, when Shannon was about 12 years old, she became a regular volunteer in her neighborhood retirement home. During high school, Shannon spent her extra time volunteering at an animal shelter 
and it was there that she became passionate about helping animals that had been injured or neglected. This love of animals was cultivated and shared with her mother, Lori. Her childhood home was filled with pets, many of which had been strays. Unfortunately, Shannon lost her mother, Lori, from cancer when Shannon was just 13 years old. This was a heartbreaking time for the whole family. However, despite her grief, Shannon graduated high school, enrolled in college, and completed an accounting program. In honor of her mother, Shannon also began volunteering for the Canadian Cancer Society, where she was involved with coordinating events to raise funds and awareness. Shannon's Aunt Teresa states that Shannon is a beautiful soul who is very generous with her time and anything she has to offer to help others, stating that when Shannon gets involved in something, she is usually all in, heart and soul. Shannon's upbringing and life events molded her into a caring person with a keenness for adventure, and Teresa feels that in the past year before her disappearance, Shannon had become more confident and happier with just being Shannon. She was truly coming into her own and living her best life, looking forward to the future, a future full of adventure. These positive qualities that everyone who knows her speaks of flourished through the years, and her friends and family all agree that the year leading up to her disappearance, Shannon had come into her own. One of her closest friends, Angela, said it was the happiest she'd ever seen her. Now, Shannon's road to British Columbia was interesting. Shannon got married in October of 2014, but then in 2017, she and her then-husband, Steve, decided to buy an RV and set out on a travel adventure. In 2017, they sold their house in Ontario, purchased an RV, and decided that they would travel out west for the whole year. Their journey started in Florida, where they stayed for a few months, and then they moved through Texas and into Arizona. During her stay in Arizona, Shannon came across an ad to be a property manager for an RV resort just west of Kamloops. This was the start of Shannon establishing herself with roots in Kamloops. Her dad, Gerald, recalls that after only a few weeks of living in Kamloops, she told him that she was not coming back to Ontario. She loved it in British Columbia. She fell in love with the beauty of the West Coast. Her dad wasn't surprised, and he remembers telling her, just live your best life, but please send me lots of photos. And that's what she did. Gerald cherishes every picture that she sent him, where she has a big smile in these, in these photographs and she's kayaking or jeeping or walking her dog buddy and just enjoying time with friends. Although Shannon left a big family behind in Ontario, she never felt too far away. She was excellent about keeping in touch and they all enjoyed seeing her social media posts documenting her many adventures. In fact, she was planning to travel to her aunt and uncle's place in Kelowna, British Columbia, mid-November 2021, to celebrate her Nana's 90th birthday with family from BC as well as Ontario. It had been a long time since they had all been together as a family, and it was a celebration that they were all looking forward to. Shannon moved on from her employment at the RV park and worked for Smith Chevrolet and then Kamloops Hyundai, where she was employed at the time of her disappearance. At some point after moving to Kamloops, Shannon and her husband separated. It was in Kamloops that she met her close friends, Michaela and Angela. Michaela says that Shannon was one of the best people she ever met. She knows it sounds cliche, like what you're supposed to say, but it's absolutely the truth. Her kind, warm, unapologetic personality drew Michaela to Shannon instantly. 
When they met through work, they communicated as though they had spent a lifetime communicating with each other. Shannon was fun, patient, outgoing, bubbly, and had the most radiant, positive energy of anyone Michaela had ever known. When Shannon came to Michaela at work recommending her friend Angela for a position that they were hiring for, she knew she could quit looking to fill the position because she trusted Shannon's judgment without question. The three friends formed what they called the sad bitches. In their words, it was the best triad of friends they could have ever asked for. The sad bitches wasn't just a silly name for a group of girlfriends. It was a way for them to know without a doubt and uncertainty that they were in a safe space to be sad, to be upset, and to have bad days. It was a recognition that it was okay and they would be there for each other no matter what. It was a space of no judgment. It was a friendship built on true, real life instead of the expectation that they were supposed to be happy and bubbly all of the time. They would come together and talk over a store-bought cheesecake exactly like the Golden Girls. The truth is, the sad bitches were rarely ever sad because they had each other. Shannon was loyal, caring, and the best cheerleader Michaela ever had in her life. When Michaela decided to embark on a health journey, both Shannon and Angela decided that they were going to start coming to the gym with her. Both Michaela and Angela were also inspired by Shannon's desire for adventure. Shannon really embraced the outdoor lifestyle that British Columbia had to offer. She got involved with the Jeep community, where she loved bringing in like-minded people together to have fun. She even set up a woman's only run in hopes of teaching other women the ins and outs of jeeping. Shannon was a member of the Canloops Jeep Club and Four Low BC. Listeners of True North True Crime will remember Four Low BC as they were the off-roading group who helped in the search for Marshall Iwasa outside of Pemberton, British Columbia. As a member of the off-roading community, she was thriving. Her friend Angela remembers she and Shannon spent a weekend in Angela's shop pulling apart her Jeep into pieces and putting it back together. All Shannon craved was to be independent. She would outwheel the guys off-roading group even though her Jeep was pretty much stock. She would have a huge smile on her face when she accomplished things independently. She became a strong, independent woman, free-spirited and fearless. Shannon's family and friends recognized her move to Kamloops had a positive effect on Shannon, especially in the past year prior to her disappearance. As we've already spoken about, Shannon's social media posts include photos of her dog buddy and her Jeep, but she also posted a lot about self-acceptance, balance, and loving yourself. On September 18th, 2021, a month and a half before Shannon went missing, she posted on Instagram a picture of herself and a quote that read, she's falling in love with herself again. She's learning what it means to be happy on her own. In the months, weeks, and days leading up to her disappearance, it was clear that Shannon was a person who enjoyed her routine. She worked, she jeeped, she hung out with friends, she walked with her beloved rescue dog, Buddy. She also kept in touch with her family. A family member messaged Shannon on October 6th to let her know that they were arriving in Kelowna on November 10th for Nana's birthday, and her response was, Sounds good, I'll put it in my calendar. Is there anything I can bring? They texted her again prior to heading out west to confirm that she was coming, and she said, I'll see you there. The week leading up to November 1st, 2021, Shannon made plans to see her friend Chloe's new home, and it was clear that she was planning for the future. 
On October 30th, Shannon went out to dinner with her close friends Angela and Michaela, and then they went out to look at the Northern Lights. Shannon was living in a basement suite on Beswick Court in the Sahali neighborhood of Kamloops. She rented this suite from a married couple named Matt and Quinn. On Sunday, October 31st, 2021, Shannon stayed home for the night. November 1st was a Monday and Shannon had to work in the morning. At around 8 p.m., her landlord Matt knocked on her door to deliver some leftover Halloween candy. Matt states, everything seemed nice and fine, and I said hi, and then I went back upstairs, and that's it. At 8.04 a.m. on the morning of November 1st, Michaela had contact with Shannon via Facebook Messenger. The two made plans to have Shannon do some work on her Jeep later that night, and Shannon's last message confirmed those plans were happening. The following information includes the November 1st eyewitness accounts from Shannon's landlords and neighbors, Quinn and Matt. These accounts were reported in a Kamloops This Week article published on November 6th, 2021. According to Quinn, the morning Shannon went missing was like any other. Quinn was sitting in her vehicle waiting for her windows to defrost and said she saw Shannon, dressed for work, walk past Quinn's car in the driveway and towards her Jeep, but didn't see Shannon enter the vehicle. Quinn said she didn't see anyone with Shannon at the time. Quinn said she drove away first at about 8.10 a.m. and didn't see Shannon go back inside the house. She last saw Shannon outside, waiting for her Jeep to warm up. Matt, who was in the house, heard the Jeep pulling out and saw it being driven away, but didn't see Shannon enter the vehicle and didn't see who was driving it. He said he saw the vehicle make a left turn out of their cul-de-sac street in the direction of the Hyundai dealership via Greenstone Drive and McGill Road. Kamloops Hyundai, where she worked, is at 940 Notre Dame Drive in Southgate. This is about a two-kilometer drive from where she lives. Matt states that every single morning at the exact same time, she does the exact same thing. So for me to think it was somebody else is completely false. It was her. I'm 99% sure. And now he's referring to whether it was Shannon who actually drove her car away from the home that morning. He told Kamloops this week that he can't say for sure if Shannon had any guests over when he last saw her. But he doesn't think so, as he didn't see anyone when he went downstairs to deliver the candy, nor did he hear anything that would suggest someone was there. It should be noted here that Shannon left her beloved dog, Buddy, at home for the day. This was normal for her to do on a day that she was at work, as she would come by during work to take care of him or arrange to have her landlords or a friend check in on Buddy. That morning, Shannon did not show up for work, and her co-workers became immediately concerned. Angela states that her normal routine was to go to McDonald's drive through to grab breakfast and go to work, and there was no indication that she went to McDonald's that morning. Shannon's supervisor called her friend and co-worker Michaela at the start of the shift to say that Shannon did not arrive to work. It was at that moment that her friends knew that there was something wrong. Shannon was always early, or if she was running late, she would call her boss to let them know she was going to be late. So it was out of character for Shannon to not go to work. Immediately after Angela and Michaela were informed that Shannon did not arrive to work, Michaela drove to a few places to see if she could locate Shannon and then arrived at Angela's place. They tried calling Shannon, but Shannon's phone was turned off. Text messages weren't going through and calls were sent straight to voicemail. 
Shannon's landlord, Quinn, says that it is not like Shannon to disappear for stretches of time, noting that she is normally regularly in contact with her landlords. At around 11 a.m., Shannon's friends contacted the RCMP to report her missing, but they were told that it was too early to make a missing persons report. Later that evening, they called the RCMP again. This time, they let them know that she had still not returned home and that it was out of character. Angela, Michaela, and a group of friends spent 15 hours that day and night driving all through Kamloops looking for Shannon's beloved Jeep, but they never found any sign of it or Shannon. When we return from our break, we will talk about the investigation and the searches to find Shannon. Thank you for supporting the podcast by listening to this episode's sponsors. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. And we are back. So before the break, we outlined what we have learned about Shannon. In 2021, Shannon was 32 living in Kamloops and she lived with her dog. She had many close friends. She had a large close-knit family and she's described by those that know her as responsible and independent. She loved her Jeep as well as being part of an off-roading club. Shannon was very known for keeping a routine, and if she ever deviated from that routine, she would communicate this to her friends, family, or landlords. But on the morning of November 1st, 2021, something went wrong. Witness accounts put her in her car, leaving for work around 8.10 a.m. However, she failed to show up for work that morning at 8.30 As we have stated in past episodes, it is our friends and family that know us best. Shannon's friends knew that she would never leave Buddy alone. They knew that she would never cut off contact with her friends or disappear without telling someone. This was not in her character. So it is often our friends and family who will advocate for us to the authorities if we go missing. Angela and Michaela knew something was wrong immediately. However, when they attempted to report Shannon as a missing person to the RCMP, they suggested that they wait. It was around 11 a.m. when they first reported Shannon missing. During the initial call, the RCMP stated that it was too early to file a missing person report as it had only been about three hours. Later that evening, on November 1st, 
Michaela called the RCMP again to say that this is out of character for Shannon, not to check in with anyone, and not to show up for work. At this time, the RCMP did file a missing persons report. Shannon's friends then contacted Shannon's ex-husband so that he could inform her dad, Gerald. At this time, the family was being made aware and her dad made plans to fly out west to meet the RCMP. As stated in the first half of this episode, Shannon's friends drove around Kamloops for the first 15 hours looking for her Jeep. The next day, on November 2nd, the Kamloops RCMP made two significant discoveries. At 3.30pm on November 2nd, police found Shannon's vehicle, a 1997 black TJ, with BC plates parked in the 200 block of Nicholas Street, just outside the Sacred Heart Cathedral in downtown Kamloops. This spot is about 1.3 kilometers from Shannon's home and in the opposite direction of her workplace. There is zero connection between Shannon and the location where the Jeep was found. As stated, Shannon is a member of a Jeep off-roading club and she loves her dog Buddy, so it is incredibly unlikely that she would abandon both her Jeep and her dog in a 24-hour period. The second discovery was the revelation that Shannon's Jeep was seen driving outside of Kamloops. Kamloops police have since learned that the vehicle was spotted twice on November 1st. First, driving west on the Trans-Canada Highway shortly after Shannon was supposed to have arrived at work at 8.30 a.m., leaving town for a 45-minute period, then traveling north on Highway 5, passing by Rayleigh at about 5.30 p.m., before returning south at about 6.15 p.m. RCMP didn't reveal whether these instances were revealed through GPS, traffic cameras, or witness accounts. They simply stated, As part of the investigation, police received information confirming Miss White's vehicle left town for a 45-minute period on November 1st, shortly after Miss White was supposed to have arrived at work. Her vehicle was observed traveling west on the Trans-Canada Highway, leading officers to the area being searched. So let's clarify this a little. Shortly after 8.30 a.m., when Shannon was supposed to be at work, her Jeep was seen traveling west on Highway 1, otherwise known as the Trans-Canada Highway. The Trans-Canada Highway snakes along the south end of Kamloops and heads west towards Cache Creek. But then the Jeep was observed again heading north on Highway 5 past Rayleigh, British Columbia at 5.30 p.m. The Jeep is then observed again at 6.15 p.m. heading south towards Kamloops on Highway 5, passing Rayleigh yet again. So we have Shannon's Jeep heading west on Highway 1 when she should have been at work. Then at 5.30 p.m. her Jeep is heading north of Kamloops and then at 6.15 p.m. it is seen driving towards Kamloops again. So let's look at the first area the Jeep was driving towards in the morning. RCMP stated that it was heading west. This led searchers and investigators to look at an area west of the city. However, eventually police felt it necessary to simultaneously search a different location. According to castanetcamloops.net, on November 12, 2021, quote, Police remain on the scene on Saturday afternoon outside of a mobile home in the Mount Paul area, a property searched on Friday in relation to the missing Kamloops woman, Shannon White. Mounties are sitting in two police cars outside of Unit 32 at the 
Silver Sage Trailer Park. Police have been on the scene for more than a day. The Silver Sage RV Park is located in the Mount Paul Industrial Park on the bank of the Thompson River. It's about an eight-minute drive from Shannon's home just across the Red Bridge. Again, this is not in the direction of her work at Kamloops Hyundai. This RV park is to the northeast of the Kamloops city center. It is unclear at this time what the RCMP were searching for at the RV park or what information led them to that location. However, an article in Kamloops this week stated, police also had a presence in the Silver Sage trailer court off Highway 5 in the days after White disappeared as officers searched the travel trailer of White's ex-boyfriend. White's friends have told KTW that the two had a tumultuous relationship and a breakup about a year earlier. Police left the trailer court by November 16th and to date no charges have been laid in connection to Shannon White's disappearance. So we can infer from that article that the RCMP were looking into an ex-boyfriend. Now let's quickly talk about the 5.30 and 6 p.m. observations of the Jeep. According to the news articles, the Jeep was observed passing the town of Rayleigh on Highway 5. So Rayleigh, B.C. is technically a part of the municipality of Kamloops. It is located about 26 minutes or 21 kilometers north of downtown Kamloops. This is a very rural area with a population of about 1,900 residents. At this time, it is currently unclear how all of these observations are connected. And naturally, this leads to some questions. Why would Shannon's Jeep be traveling west on Highway 1 during the time she was supposed to be at work? And then much later in the day, why would the Jeep be seen driving north nearly 30 minutes outside of Kamloops in the early evening hours and then driving back towards Kamloops shortly after it was spotted seen going north? What is the connection with the Silver Sage RV Park? Why was her car abandoned near a church in downtown Kamloops that evening? And lastly, who, if not Shannon, was driving Shannon's Jeep? Often when someone goes missing, people look at their close relationships. For an interview with Kamloops this week, Michaela said she has known Shannon for two years. Shannon was single at the time she disappeared, but Michaela confirmed Shannon did have an ex-boyfriend with whom she had issues with, but they had been broken up for about a year. Police have been made aware of Shannon's former partner. It was a very tumultuous relationship, Michaela said. It was not a very friendly breakup, and as far as anything else, the police have been notified as to any specific incidents. Michaela said Shannon and her ex had intermittent contact in the years since they broke up, but Shannon had not shared with her any recent encounters or communications between them. Michaela said Shannon has a large group of friends, noting she could not speculate as to whether anyone would want to hurt her. The current investigation into Shannon's disappearance is ongoing, and obviously many details are not publicly available. According to a recent article, Constable Crystal Evelyn, spokesperson for the Kamloops RCMP, stated, The investigation is still ongoing. I know in the early stages of an investigation, our presence is very obvious. Just because you don't see us, doesn't mean there's not work being done. It has been confirmed to True North True Crime that the RCMP speaks to Shannon's dad every two weeks regarding the investigation. Police and Kamloops Search and Rescue Crews, or KSAR, 
conducted searches in the areas north and west of the city for nearly two weeks following Shannon's disappearance. These searches were suspended after spending more than 3,000 hours over the two-week period looking at forested areas north and west of the city. The KSAR searches involved a total of 200 members in six different search teams who searched more than 800 kilometers by foot over the course of 11 days. Since the initial searches, there have been several searches coordinated by Mike Ritzy with the SRD canines, or Search and Rescue Detection Canines of British Columbia. The last major search was coordinated by Mike on May 28, 2022. Mike has been dedicated to continuously searching for Shannon since the beginning of her disappearance. Although they didn't find anything helpful, that doesn't mean the searches are not successful. Mike shared that it's a long and slow process, but it's close to Kamloops and we're not going to give up. There are lots of people out there in the community that have offered to help, and we just keep making the search area smaller and smaller. Mike gave further details on the specific search efforts and the SRD K9 team. Search Rescue Detection Canines of BC is a registered nonprofit society in BC. They try to help families find loved ones after search and rescue teams have been told to stand down and no one is searching for that missing person. Mike has been involved from day one in the search for Shannon as a member of Kamloops Search and Rescue. He shared that they had approximately 50 searchers from half a dozen different search and rescue teams from the surrounding area. Drones, helicopters, police service dogs, and four validated civilian search dogs were used. They searched west of Kamloops because her Jeep was seen traveling west that morning on November 1st. Then on about day five, the search was suspended for a day while new information was being checked out. Mike states that the cameras saw the Jeep traveling north past Rayleigh and back along the same route, so the next phase of the search was focused to the north of Kamloops. As the search went on, search and rescue members had to return to work and the numbers were dwindling. Search and rescue teams are made up of highly skilled volunteers. After about 11 or 12 days of searching, the official search was called off. Mike goes on to say that the search and rescue teams had everything that they could possibly need, and there was still no sign of Shannon. Listeners can help this incredible organization by considering donating to the Search and Rescue Detection Canines of BC to assist with the new facility in Kamloops where they train SRD canines and their handlers. These canines and their handlers contribute significant time in assisting families with searching for loved ones all on volunteer basis. We will link their page in our show notes. As a podcast that focuses on missing people in Canada, we can tell you that this organization comes up a lot in our research. They help families when it seems few else can. We asked the family how our listeners can help them in their efforts to find Shannon. They emphasized that we should continue to share Shannon's picture, her missing poster, and the story of her disappearance. There is a Missing Shannon White Facebook group where people can view and join and learn about the search efforts. They can also find missing posters there, and we will link that in our show notes. They also ask that you consider donating cash or time to the searches for the family. You can donate directly to the family by e-transferring to bringshannonhome at hotmail.com. This money will assist with expenses incurred for the searches, drone searches, and expenses for Shannon's dad when he returns to Kamloops. And of course, care for Buddy the dog, 
who is missing his human right now. The family would also like to ask dirt bikers, off-roaders, people who fish, hunters, hikers, or searchers that are in the outdoors around Kamloops to be on the lookout for any clues or anything out of the ordinary. Take a picture, GPS the area, and then contact the RCMP. The family wants to thank everyone who has helped in the search or donated, including many local businesses and individual donors. In May 2022, Gerald White Shannon's father was interviewed at the Hope Sign in Riverside Park. He had placed a lock on the sign many months ago as a symbol for his daughter. He told CJFC, she's a big part of our family and there's a big hole in our family with her missing. There's a hole in my heart, and when I think of her, it's like poking at that hole, you know? You got good memories, but you're still poking and hurting yourself. So if anybody knows anything, please help us, because this is... this is killing us, really. So if you could help, that would be awesome. On the weekend of July 25th, 2022, a combined search was organized by Shannon's community, Ryan Stucka's family, and Mike Ritzy. Although this was not an official search, a group of people along with canines gathered to search the Kamloops area for both Shannon White and Ryan Stuka. This is just another example of the combined efforts that occur in the missing person community. For those who are curious, Buddy the dog is currently being taken care of by Shannon's friend Angela. In the first week after Shannon went missing, he wasn't really eating and he reacted to every sound at the door and he was justifiably out of sorts. Angela recently posted photos of Buddy on International Dog Day, stating, Buddy had a big day today on International Dog Day. He came to work with me today, and he got lots of snuggles and cuddles, and even got to sit in on an interview and a meeting. It's hard to get any work done, when all he wants is love, and everybody comes into your office to see him. Shannon White was a normal, everyday person who loved her family, her friends, her Jeep, and her dog. Her disappearance is not normal. There's currently an army of people looking for Shannon, and they're not going to stop until she is found. We will link all the ways that you can help this family in the show notes of this episode and on our social media. In the meantime, please join the Facebook group, Missing Shannon White. At the time of her disappearance, Shannon White is described as a 32-year-old woman. She stands 5 foot 5 inches tall and weighs 180 pounds. She has blonde hair, green eyes, and fair skin. Sometimes Shannon wears glasses. She has a Medusa lip piercing and a tongue piercing and several large arm tattoos, including a portrait of her dog, Buddy, and her mother. Anybody with information on her whereabouts is asked to call Kamloops RCMP at 250-828-3000 or contact Crime Stoppers to remain anonymous. This brings us to the end of this episode. We would like to thank Michelle Ridgers, Mike Ritzy, and Shannon's family for trusting us with Shannon's story and helping us with the details of her case. We truly hope that some answers come for this family as well as friends of Shannon soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of True North True Crime. We will be back soon with a new episode. So until then, stay safe, everyone. Stay safe.
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.